welcome in. Thanks for joining us once again on the Red Rock Sports Podcast. Hoping everyone out there had a great 4th of July weekend. I am joined, as always, by co-host Connor Holzkamp. Yeah, hello, everyone. Introducing the newest member of the Woos Media family, Nick Sopris. What's happening? Nick's going to join us now as our full-time producer. We're very happy to have him on the show. Thank you. Get get a little bit of excitement going here, and we need to con- we need to Tyler out of here. Let's yeah, get him out, get him Cause, out. Because Tyler, all he wants to do is get a little cocky <laughs> and and rub some. In fact, I'm I'm surprised he didn't leave any any notes or anything with how well he performed on his Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Little Be- self, because uh, I got a few pictures. Let's put it that way <laughs> uh, of how just how well Tyler did this this weekend betting on the hot dog eating contest. I have a question for you guys, though. You know, talking betting, talking over unders, over under seventy six hot dogs consumed at your household this weekend. Uh, under, under. We're gonna we go about under. six or seven houses <laughs> to make up for that. I think we had like. Four burgers and like six hot dogs in my household. Yeah, I don't know that I've eaten 76 hot dogs in my life. And like that goes back to like childhood. I haven't eaten a hot dog in a long time. I I go brats. How many hot dogs or brats could you realistically eat in 10 minutes with the dipping in the water? Oh, no, I don't. I I have no interest. So Connor and I talked about this on the show last week. We're going to do this and this is going to be a thing. We may not be hot dogs because pizza rolls. I think we could think of pizza rolls. Hot dogs. I mean, after like two hot dogs, I'm I'm good. Burned out on the dog. Yeah. I don't need pizza rolls. Yeah, I can eat those things all day long. And so that was what we thought. But I think I could get like 10 hot dogs. Down. And Tyler gave Jared over here the uh, favorite yeah. in his line making. <laughs> I'm the odds on favorite. In, so, you know, we're going to have to do this. We're going to put How on drunk YouTube. is Connor? That's the question. That's the expectation. <laughs> uh, does being drunk help or that, hurt? Does that help or hurt? Odds? For me, I would definitely say it helps. I think mm. there's like a window mm. if you're buzzed helps no no i have a drunk uh you hit a certain uh, point where like that third hot dog in right. and it's not gonna go so well <laughs> right now and i have a question for you guys now this might be just i mean this is purely almost a rhetorical question so it's for our audience too but do you think that joey chestnut like so he obviously Legend. trains right he obviously trains throughout the year i mean he works really hard to train for these competitions uh, and, and obviously the hot dog eating is his specialty so do you think he trains with hot dogs like, like, or do you think he's just like done the rest of the year with hot dogs until no, he gets back? No, of course to he trains dogs. with hot dogs. I mean, that's like percent. asking if Tom Brady's out there throwing baseballs all off season. I mean, of well, course he's so, throwing. So the footballs. question is, how many hot dogs do you think Joey Chestnut eats in a year? He looks miserable. <laughs> What's the over under on that? I, I don't know. Like. I mean, we got to be talking like a hundred a month, like minimum, right? <laughs> I mean, just, we're talking disgusting. like you gotta, you gotta keep yourself, you know, you gotta keep the stomach ready for it. I, I don't know. I guess you're probably right. Eating food is like eating food. Does it really matter what? Right, it is right. Or? To a certain extent. Well, and a lot of it is. Uh, I mean, they're working out like a lot. They're burning tons of calories oh, because you have to. they're having to put in so much food to stress their stomach. I also want to know my other question for food eaters out there. If you are a professional food eater or no one, please get us at Twitter at Red Rock Sports One. Uh, I am curious, is there any like downsides later in life? If you are a professional food eater, oh, like God. do you stretch your stomach out and then all of a sudden you reach that age we all do when we're like 35, 40, right? And you start getting fatter. Like, do you have to eat an absurd amount when you're like 50 just to like feel full? 
Um, <laughs> I, don't know. I, I don't think that's the problem that you gain. I don't gain. think that's how it works. Um, I, I think you gain the same problem that the rest of us do. That just like it's just like every ten years now, it's just like an instant. As soon as you hit thirty, it's just like boom, twenty pounds. Mm. Got it. Like I, I don't know. At least in my experience, I was a very skinny kid, mm. and I hated being skinny. Now I'm like, why can't I just be skinny again? That's you know? I wonder if Joey Chestnut enjoys food. I wonder if he looks at a steak at a steak restaurant and is disgusted. Yeah, no, that's a, it's just all these questions, you know? What do their bowel movements look like? That's what I'm curious, too. Why do you always go there? <laughs> that's a weird thing to say. Because it's got to just be, it's just, it's just, ah. It's what a, what a weird, ah. it's such an interesting and fascinating, like, profession to me. I just have so many questions. I, I would love to get a foodie on here, like a professional food eater, and just talk to them about their day-to-day life because... It is fascinating. I to think me. if I can retire young, I may may have to dive into the world of competitive. Uh, there we go. I need an intro song like Joey Chestnut. I don't know yeah. if you guys saw that intro song. It was otherworldly, Knight's Tale ish. Oh, oh, nice. I did. I did not. No, I, I actually see. I, I I got to admit, guys, I did not watch it live. I I did watch the highlights. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a recapper. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's a, a long show. Yeah. Um, so uh, hey, so 76 hot dogs. That is a lot. Let's go through some world of world record bets. setting. Um, Absolutely. We went through some of Tyler's bets last week that he told us to bet and yes. and the listeners. So he he obviously you know kind of not you know nodded to Joey Chestnut as as anyone did as, as the odds on favorite. But his big bet that that Tyler put out there was the first ten minutes getting over ten hot dogs in the first ten minutes. He said he's an or excuse me I said ten first minute. Getting over ten hot dogs in the first minute of the ten minute competition, um, and he hit. He hit. He had twelve hot dogs in the first minute, so that was a hit there. And Tyler threw out also a few long shots. Okay, now obviously these guys didn't win because the favorite won and Joey Chestnut. But uh, this is what Tyler would not let me hear the end of all all weekend long was that all of his long shots made it in the top five. Okay, those were of course Jeffrey Esper. Second place for him, uh, Darren Breeden. He took fourth, and I am absolutely going to butcher this name. I'm going to go for it anyways. Gideon Oji. Lovely name. That's Fifth enough. place. Let's go with Fifth it. Fifth place for him. So right. uh, well done, and uh, I guess, I mean, uh, is this, it's obviously on ESPN, so it's considered a sport. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I alluded to it a little bit last week. Yeah, you guys can go look it up. It's on YouTube. There's some pretty crazy videos for how these guys do train, and they train like athletes, absolutely. And and like I just said, a big part of that is just burning off enough calories so that you can train and eat ungodly amounts of food and be okay, uh, as okay as I guess you can be after eating 76 hot dogs. But um, so yeah, these guys train. They have a bunch of core strength. They do a lot of. Uh, uh, I know they do a lot of like flexibility exercises. They want to stay like high reps low weight type of type of training a lot of running i like rhythmic gymnastics where they wave the ribbon if that's a sport then eating hot dogs is definitely i think i am going to actually look into and this is serious i think everyone out there should follow my lead here look into the workouts that these guys are doing because this may allow you you know the diet that you think you can't eat Mm. i'm thinking Mm, maybe you can with the right workout six dollar all you can eat wings is sounding pretty good right now no (laughs) hey i think i'm on to something there uh not to breeze past it there is a women's end of the bracket as well and michelle lesko 
uh, won that. I think she was a first-time winner, and uh, she had 30 and three-quarters of a hot dog. I did not realize you didn't have to eat a whole hot dog for it to get counted. I, I kind of thought this dog? was like a... Yeah, it's either it's in or it's out. You either got the whole thing down or you didn't. It's tough I, look for the, the sport I, I don't right know. there. Yeah, I think we're getting a little technical here. <laughs> so, so between... Chestnut and what was what was so they rip off like ninety percent of the dog? Is that what happens? Is that like yeah? I honestly have no idea. I'm like, what do you? You just left the last bite. You left the last bite, man. Uh, Michelle Lesko. Michelle Lesko. So between the two of them, that's that's well over a hundred glizzies right there. So. That's uh, that's excellent work. <laughs> I love the hot dogs, man. So it's good stuff. But uh, no, it's impressive. It, it's uh, it's a hey. How American does it get than guzzling down over a hundred hot dogs between two? Gorging people? yourself Just only to gor- get sick later. Hey, yeah, I, I'm American. not gonna say I threw back a hundred hot dogs this weekend, but I felt grossly full all weekend <laughs> oh, yeah. long. So. I think I I think I ate, you know I probably ate close to a pound of banana pudding homemade. So. That was good. That's good. Oddly American too, the banana pudding. The banana pudding. Hey, you gotta but love American the American food pudding. is just like a bunch of stolen things anyway. So it's, everything is American, okay? And you know what's even more American than stuffing yourself over the holiday weekend? Baseball. Major League Baseball oh, All-Star game. Look at there we, okay? go, there we go. We're coming around the corner with that. Before we discuss any All-Star break talk, uh, Connor has his stat of the week, I believe. And, uh, of course, he insisted. Now, is that a belief a or is that a fact? I don't know. You kind of gave me a look there, so <laughs> I, I had to backpedal real quickly. Yeah, I got a stat of the week for you, Jared and Nick over here. Uh, the Rockies, who, of course, are... Uh, I am trying to figure out these Rockies, to be quite frank with you. Um, I think that I'm looking good, by the way, on our, our under bet for uh, 100 losses. I don't think they're going to get there. Yeah, your, your strategy is starting to show here that, yes, they stumbled real hard out of the gate, as we all expected them to, but uh, they're at least at home performing a little bit better than I ever anticipated seeing. Yeah, so... Um, you know, that's that's actually my stat of the week here. So uh, the Colorado Rockies right now have six wins right now on uh, on the road. They are six and 31, right? Um, which that's miserable, right? <laughs> I mean, we, we've talked about it. It's, it is uh, it's on track for the worst in MLB history. Um, interestingly enough, the Rockies have the most wins at home in the entire Major League Baseball so far this year with 31. So, so uh, you look at this team, right? I, I can't explain it. I've been trying to sit here and rack my brain, like to have some sort of explanation. I mean, I know the Rockies are going to have bad road splits versus home splits. It's it's tough going. I've talked about it before. It's tough uh, going from altitude and then playing at sea level. It really is. It's tough when you play a big home stand here and then all of a sudden go on because you have to adjust to all these different pitches and how they break and move and stuff. But to have that big of a disparity? I mean, this is unreal. I mean, if you were even competent, even remotely competent on the road, you would be in the playoff picture right now. Uh, instead, you know, the Rockies are, you know, 10 games under 500 and uh, really on the outside looking in, you know, really have no chance of making the playoffs this year. But they have the most wins at home in all of Major League Baseball. Wouldn't so that there's your be stat some, of the week. some record, though, to have to be have the worst all-time road record and then lead the MLB in home record and not make the playoffs? Somehow like, win like 70, fant- 80 games. Yeah, that would be fantastic. I think that would be the best way that you could go about a a loser season. Like, I mean, right? Like, to at least throw some crazy, like, yeah, but we were the best team at home. I mean, yeah, at least he had something. It was... Uh, it's, it is unreal, but uh, you know, I actually uh, I went to 
the game. We had Nolan Arenado coming back to town. Woo-woo! Yeah, yeah. Here, sir, for the first time, Nolan back in Coors Field. I believe he went two for 14 over the homestand, and the Rockies took three of four. So, uh, We're back. Did, did anybody have a better weekend than Dick Monfort? In America, I mean, full house at his at his place. He had Joey Chestnut. You know, well, it wasn't really full house, but he had a lot of fans there. He's just watching his star that he he traded go two of fourteen. Uh, it's great. He great. didn't trade. He, he paid someone else to take. You're him. right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's uh, it's bad. And we we'll get back to Dick Dollars for all you listeners out there. We are uh, uh, for the moment. You know, we we get the picture. The Rockies are giving tons of money to pay for Nolan Arenado. So we're gonna kind of move that. What Jared to about a yeah, monthly. We'll, we'll go once a month. We'll check on it a few more times right. before the end of the season, and certainly we'll keep track of it all along the way, so that we can touch on the end of the season just how much money went to uh, right. the, the the Cardinals now, for uh, for Arenado. Now I do want to ask you guys did, did any of you guys happen to catch the reception for nolan coming back to Coors Field? yes yeah. i mean i saw the video of it i didn't watch recap. it live. recap recap, recap. recap. there you go <laughs> yes yeah so i actually uh, i was sitting uh about 15 rows up from the visitors dugout so I, I had some pretty good seats right there i wanted to you know go and watch it for nolan to come back it was a pretty cool moment man i gotta say for especially That's for good. someone like me who's a nolan fan Love Nolan Arenado. Um, it was pretty cool. He he did the whole, uh, you know, he went up there and, and if you watch some of his interviews after the game and stuff, he, he didn't plan any of this. He didn't know what the reception was going to be like. Um, but it was a pretty cool moment. Elias Diaz, the, the Rockies catcher, stepped out. The umpire called time um, to give Nolan the chance to kind of step out. And, and he went to each section and tipped his hat you know, put his hand over his heart, held up and he got teary eyed. I don't know if you could tell that by the video, but he was absolutely getting uh, tearing up. I mean, the reception was great, man. It was a really cool emotional moment. I got to say for, for Rockies fans and, and for people there. So in general, how do you feel about teams doing that? Welcoming a guy like that. I mean, they obviously traded him away, but he, he did ask to be traded. He wanted out of Colorado, yet the Rockies go make the effort to acknowledge him in that way. Obviously, he was a big part of this franchise for many years. What's your take on that? You like that? You dislike when a team I, I does like that? It. I like it. Well, I think it's... Uh it's like the the expected high road, right? It's like the good guy thing to do. It's what you're. It, it's taking the high road. And what's interesting about how the Rockies did it, okay? And I think this was very intentional, okay? Because I heard. I mean, uh, you know, it, it was obviously in the news that they were going to do a tribute video, and I really wanted to go to this game, so I went. I'm I'm excited. I didn't know what to expect, quite frankly, but I think it was very intentional the way they did this. They did it way early like i'm talking like 10 minutes before lineups were even announced um and and you know the announcer didn't come on and you know give his you know fans direct your attention to the right nothing like that it just kind of started and it was really quiet like they turned the volume down on the on all the speakers much less loud than they were for like the rest of the game music and stuff Mm -hmm. and and, uh, you know, most of the fans were still kind of just coming in, finding their seats. It, it was such a small little minute tribute video that if you weren't like looking for it and you were just kind of like hanging out of the game, you you, uh, you honestly would have no idea that something's going on, on the screen. And I think that was very intentional by the Rockies, right? I think I think it was like, hey, we're going to do what we have to do, like what we're obligated to do. Uh, but we're going to just kind of, you know, give this. And the much more organic reaction was when he came up to the plate. Yeah, I think the major key is, did you do us dirty, right? So the biggest thing that comes to mind, James Harden stopped playing. Are you doing sit-ups in the garage, Terrell Owens? Are (laughs) are you disrespecting the fan base? 
Yeah. No, so I, I think that was but good. Did, yeah, good. Didn't the Rockets still do something for I think they Harden? did. <laughs> I think they're going to retire <laughs> as number two on top of everything. <laughs> Prove that it doesn't matter. Yeah, but but to get to your question, Jared, I, I'm okay with it. I think it's actually a, a good move. Um, even in a in a really messy breakup like like the Nolan was, um, it's of course a great move if it wasn't messy, right? Right. Like uh, like a perfect example from this state would be like when Larry Walker went to the Cardinals. It was it really wasn't messy. It was kind of a thing where like we loved him for so long. The organization loved him. Um, it was a mutual like, hey, we're gonna give you a he chance. He still to had go. value, so they could get something back for Ooh, him. We could do that, and and they wanted to kind of give him a chance to go try and make a, a championship run. Which did he? Did he? win one uh, I think no he, i don't think he won one but he did go he, he did make a good they, run with, they went to the nl championship i, I yeah. believe uh-huh they they definitely no, went. I, I, they, I, they made a run at it i he agree didn't win one, with I, I agree with you guys as well i i bring it up because you know mainly through like social media and stuff like that but i i just saw a lot of uh surprising lashback from rocky's fans when they heard there was gonna be a video tribute and it's and it kind of just it's struck me as surprising because everybody has been just jogging <laughs> how Dick Monfort handled this situation and, and how you're such an idiot and you let the best player ever get away and this, that, and the other. And then you're going to be like, oh, why are you going to give a tribute to this guy when he comes back? And so I was really surprised by that. I was glad that the reception within the stadium was not that way. I think that would have been absolutely disrespectful. I mean, you can't hate on the guy that wanted to get away from this dumpster fire of an organization. I mean... Uh- uh, okay. I am all on the side of Nolan. Obviously, I love Nolan Arenado, and I have been very critical of, of the Rockies organization. No way. But let's not sit here and pretend as if Nolan did nothing, all right? I mean, I'm sure you guys saw, or maybe you didn't, The and our listeners w- uh, probably know this as well, but um, it came out that uh, uh, Adam Wainwright uh, mentioned that Nolan was sending him text messages about coming to the team uh, a, a couple of years before he did. Now that means if you if you believe his time frame, he said he said one or two years. So that's a big kind of gap. But if it was two years, that means the Rockies are just coming off of their second playoff berth in a row. Uh, in 2017, it was the first time that that had ever happened. Uh, two playoff. But was he in seeking out at that time? Yes, when that is what Adam Wainwright says. He was actively seeking yes, out. Yes, he the- says that he was sending him videos um, of him fielding ground balls in the off season and him doing workouts and stuff, saying, "Hey, you got you got to send this up to upper management. I want to be over there." And, and he was sending that. Adam Wainwright mentioned that, and it's kind of a big slip up for something for Adam Wainwright to say because th- that reflects very poorly on Nolan. And so, hey, there's two sides to every coin, but there is. You would be naive to believe that Nolan had no part in this messy breakup. I mean, he absolutely wanted out, and the Rockies were really not that far removed from doing well. My question to you is, when did he sign his contract, his big contract with the Rockies? That would have been, I think, 2000. Maybe Nick can check for us. I think that was 2017. Um I think it was after the because I'm just run. saying that in my mind that time frame sort of makes sense. He was thinking he may be a pending free agent. He may February have February of traded. 19. February 19. Okay, so if we're talking back to 17, 18, that would have been prior to that. But no, that was no, where no, my no, no, no. Head. we're talking. I'm sorry, we're talking more like in the 2019 time frame. But because where my head goes is if this is a guy that thinks he may potentially be a free agent or is it gonna be a trade piece at that time? There's a lot of discussion on whether they should trade or sign him maybe maybe he had permission from the Rockies to be making well, having so these he had a, so he so had an opt-out clause in his third year he did uh, and, and you know so what's, there, that's why it's there 
You know what's interesting? Well, that's why they needed to trade it, because well, he was going to be able to opt out. You know what's interesting about that opt-out clause? That wasn't something that Nolan's camp asked for. Yeah. The Rockies gave it to him like a cherry on top. They said, okay, here you go. We're going to we're gonna just sweeten the deal completely unprovoked and just give you an opt-out clause. Uh, no, but but Jared, to your point, um, that is not Wainwright's implication. Uh, what what Wainwright is, is, is saying, if you'll believe him, is that he has been in contact with him for several years, um, talking about how he wants to out of Colorado. Um, so, I mean, clearly, clearly this whole thing started falling apart before the media caught wind of it, right? At, at the very least. Um, and, and, and Nolan's a, a classy guy that he doesn't, I mean, he's, he never, hardly ever trash Rockies the, all the time he's here. There's a few things that he said that, you know, ruffled a few feathers, but it was more in a, in a competitive nature. He was never trashing this organization in, in dirty ways publicly. And yeah, neither was Carmelo Anthony. And look at the, uh, Carmelo Anthony fan. That's a little fan. different. Mello, Elaborate. Melo knew where he wanted to go. Uh, he forced well, the hand to, to go to the Knicks and, and said that's the only team he was going to be allowed to be traded for. You can't really make the same argument right now with the uh, with the Rockies well, and Nolan. You okay. can you can speculate that. Okay, but but, but we doesn't know for, this we Adam Wainwright information kind of lend hand to that same idea? We have no bearing other than I, I think we're total. We're connecting dots that right. may or may not. Correct. All right, Correct. Fair, fair enough. Well, hey, I, I wish we had the X Files. I do want to I do want to move us on past the Nolan. Yeah, we, uh, But I do want to just really quick before we get off the Rockies, I do just want to mention um, that uh, the Rockies All Star this year is going to be Herman Marquez. Uh, and they announced that. Yep, there you go. Does hey, that surprise you good. at all? Uh, no. I, I was thinking it was going to be. See, a couple weeks ago, I was thinking that the the Rockies All Star was going to be uh, Ryan McMahon. Uh, and that was because he had 16 home runs. He was hitting like 270 at the time. But then he really went into a tailspin. He's hitting like 240 now. Um, and and Herman's been really good. Herman's been really, really good for the Rockies. He has, I think, a 3.4 ERA right around there, uh, which is really good for, for a pitcher at Coors Field. He has three complete games out of his 18 starts this year, um, which is pre- pretty impressive. Uh, he has a uh, 1.17 whip. Uh, which is second lowest on the team. Interestingly enough, to Austin Gomber, who is uh, one of the pitchers that came in through the Nolan Arenado trade. Woo-woo! Rockies <laughs> won that full trade. Circle. There you go. It comes so, all the way around. Uh, but hey, con- congrats to Herman. Uh, I, you know, I don't think the Rockies are going to look to trade him or anything. I, th- I think if if this season's kind of showing us anything with the Rockies, it's that maybe they're not quite as far off as as many had thought. And and I alluded to this at the beginning of the year, Jared. Our, the pitching staff for the Rockies is good enough to where I think they have some pieces of a foundation, right? Um, just the, I, the, the problem is I don't see much you know, progress being made because it's not like the, the, the Rockies' core is really all that young. They're kind of in their primes. I mean... Um, so it's interesting. I don't think they're going to trade Herman. We'll see what they do with Trevor Story. We'll see what they do with John Gray. We'll definitely talk a little bit more about that as the trade deadline comes up on us. But uh, congrats to Herman Marquez. Uh, you know, in a pretty dreary year, he's uh, been a pretty good bright spot. So now, uh, before we move off of Marquez, I want to ask you, Connor, and I'm assuming for you, Nick, um, that I think Connor watches more baseball certainly than I do. I'm going to go. Ahead uh, and I like to. Uh, yeah, you try. Okay. Okay. Try to catch some games. <laughs> so. Herman Marquez has recap pitched, guy. I imagine, a few times. Uh, I love me some recap. ESPN, yeah, we, great app. Man. That's how it's we a do great it. Great app. Uh, <laughs> Herman Marquez has pitched what four, four or five times now, probably since they uh, the new ban on illegal substances. Have you noticed a difference in him? 
No, no. He's had, uh, he just had a, uh, or any of the Rockies pitchers for that matter. Uh, no, no, not really. I, um, you know, the Rockies pitchers have been doing really well recently. So no, uh, you know, Herman Marquez brought a no hitter, uh, late into the ninth inning. Um, I believe a couple games ago. So yeah, I think it was yeah, two that games was, ago. That I was saw that brutal. Game. That was dirty. Was, <laughs> was. So no, I, I don't think so. Um, you know, certainly nothing like we've seen with like a Garrett Cole, uh, who has just fallen off of planet Earth since that. Um, and Garrett Cole, as you guys all remember, was the oh, yeah. uh, one that kind of was one of the big names starting this whole thing, right? They they caught it. He was using it. And they said, okay, no, you're not allowed to use this anymore. Um, and go look at what he's done since then. It is, it is tremendous. But no, I have not seen that from the Rockies pitchers. Do so. you think that hurts guys' reputation like that? Is that going to hurt their, their reputation on their careers if the rest of his career he is not the same pitcher as he was before that? Uh, if he is not, then sure. Yeah, I mean, I think, right? It'd be just like if you get off of steroids and then all of a sudden you're an average pitcher. I mean, it's no different, really, when you look at it that way. And so I think a guy, especially a guy that was a top-tier pitcher that has a dramatic drop-off, I think it's going to yeah. look the same I mean, way as, it, as what happened sure. with uh, uh, Barry Bonds and his dra- dramatic uptick in home runs. It's like, well, you can't not look at that and put two and two together. I, I think you'll see it. Um, you know, I look to a guy like Phil Necro, who was a knuckleballer, um, was kind of known for for you know a little spitball. He he scruffed his balls. He would he would get some uh, scratches on it, um, which was cheating, right? And it was a big thing when it happened too. I mean, they came out and they were like, "Hey, this is this is not good. This is illegal." So he kind of struggled with that. But you know, people still look back at him as you know just a, a pretty good knuckleballer. I mean, he's a really unique guy. That um, so I think yes and no. I think I think. Ultimately, it's not going to be like what you see with the steroids, but but certainly it'll definitely come up. I mean, anytime any baseball people talk about Phil Negro, that is going to come up, and and I would imagine the same thing is going to probably happen with with Garrett Cole. It's just just another piece to to look back on. So, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to keep tracking that through the rest of the year, and I find it fascinating when when a team or a league makes a change like that that dramatically mid season. So. As we touched a little bit, we have the MLB All-Star break coming up. The the 13th, I think, is when the game is, the weekend leading up to it. Uh, and it got me to thinking. Each of the major sports that we discuss on here, you know, NFL, NBA, NHL, and MLB, they all have a little bit of a unique process for their All-Star break experience is what I'm going to call it because, you know, some of them are like a week that. long. Some of yeah. them are a couple of days. I was thinking all-star event, but event, I like the experience. Sure. It's experience. good. Experience, experience is experience, good work. That's an important part of it. <laughs> yeah. So I thought we would rank. Who, who has the best? Who has the worst uh, in the four major sports? Uh, and Connor, I will I will go to you first. You can tell me. Actually, let's do this first. Do we all have the same one for the last one? I think we might. Let's all on three. One, two, three. NFL. NFL. Yes. Yeah, it's the problem. Oh, it's yes. it's the worst. I mean, and, and I think the biggest the problem worst. the biggest problem with the 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 Pro Bowl isn't necessarily the game itself. Yeah. It's that it's at the end of the year and everyone is so checked out. We've listened or we've watched what 20 30 plus weeks worth of football. I mean, it just never ends and you get to a point where like I just don't care at that point. The players don't care cuz they're worn out. No. Nobody shows up. There's no I incentive. Mean, uh 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 was it Case Keenum or one of the garbage Broncos quarterbacks that made it in the last like five years? It's ridiculous. When they used to do no uh, Simeon, it was Trevor Simeon that oh, made made the Pro Trev. Bowl. Uh, that's a joke. Check down, Trev. <laughs> hey, I will say about the uh, the other thing too about the NFL Pro Bowl is 
uh, so much of the game is around, you know, the physicality and, and, and obviously out of all the four main sports, it's the one where the most injuries occur. Uh, so when you take away that aspect, cause no one wants to get hurt. No one, even us watching, none of us wants to see anybody get hurt in that game because it's so stupid to just get hurt. Well, take so. it to, take it to flag football. They used to do like that QB longest throw. They see, used to do the, the, the horse kicker. Uh, they used to have like the, the obstacle course where you were do like diving catches. Give me, give me that. Let's, give me, give me okay. like shows of okay. talent. And so, and that's what yeah, that I think be. the NFL is missing is the skills challenges. I loved that as a kid, Absolutely. and maybe they still do it. And it's just like I don't even care anymore. Well, they used to get the old timers like John Elway and Steve Young, and they'd play like five on five flag football. Give me some of that. Oh, yeah, I'm that's, down. See, because no, they don't care about injuries nah. at this point. I'm, I'm made now. You know, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, okay. I like the way we're thinking there. So everyone has that as the force. So yeah, we'll 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 go the around the circle here and give our you know three, two, one, and what you think, and we'll kind of discuss along the way here. So Connor, I'll turn to you first. Who do you have three, two, and then your top uh, All Star break experience? Okay, so so you want me to give three, two, and then one yeah. here? All right. So three and two were were kind of a little tricky for me to decide. Um, uh, and so what I ended up going with was I went with third. Um, I went NHL um, and I went second NBA. And the only reason I went that way was because I think the three point competition and the dunk, com- uh, the dunk contest uh, put the, the NBA over the edge. I do like what hockey did um, recently putting on, they do that tournament now that three on three tournament, which is pretty cool. Um, but it doesn't resemble hockey at all, but neither does the NBA all-star game. So it was kind of a wash there. Right. Um, but it's the skills challenge for me for the NBA really puts it over the top. And then for me, number one is, is MLB baseball. I think they're the only ones that, that do it right now. Hey, call me crazy, but I actually liked when they did the, uh, the home, uh, home field advantage for the world series based off the all-star game. I liked that. I think, I I'm, in the, hate I think that. I'm in the minority. You're telling me that Herman Marquez on the <laughs> makes team or that breaks. knows they're not making it. And he's in there pitching in the eighth inning. This guy could make or break who hosts in the world series. It's a joke. Hey, it's, Absolute it's not joke. without his flaws, but I kind of liked but it. But I do uh, like that. It brings honest. a competitive. Um, but Hey, <laughs> that I, is fun. Honestly, in terms of, so we talked about the skills, the reason, I mean, Baseball for me, there's there's a couple things going for it. One, the timing of it's great. It's right in the middle of the year uh, when really no other sports are going on. So it's like it's kind of by itself. The All Star Weekend's not going to have competition with all these other sports going on. So it's something you can actually kind of tune in, pay attention to. Uh, and then hey, who doesn't like the home run derby? Honestly, I mean that's even, what makes it. That to even non baseball fans like the home run derby. I I think that's what makes the MLB uh, uh, break certainly. So Soaps, I'll turn to you. Yeah. So I kind of had the same thing actually. So third actually is basketball, uh, NBA. So boring. I can't get behind it. The skills challenge is weak. It's like a YMCA youth camp. Uh, it's <laughs> tough to watch. Uh, the second is hockey. Uh, just superior athletes, man. If you guys can have ever, I can skate kind of. Uh, it's crazy what they can do on ice. Uh, three on three is awesome. Their little skills challenge is cool too. Uh, number one is baseball. Like going back to NFL, I would love to see how far. Nolan Arenado can throw a ball. I would love to see how far these people can actually throw the baseball. Who's the fastest? Uh, maybe who can cover the most ground? A- add some some flair into it. Give me some 
Give me some more action, like much like a three-point contest. I, I was thinking the same thing as we're going through this list because that was something that kind of became a, a theme through it. You know, it's like, man, the NFL's missing that, right? You know, mm. and then you look at, and as I'm ranking the NBA and NHL, and I kind of went back and forth with those two on, on who I liked more, and I ended up going NBA three, NHL two, because I actually think the NHL skills challenge is awesome. It's so much fun watching these guys hit these targets in crazy spots oh, yeah. and the, the speed challenge and stuff and I I have personal experience when uh, they hosted in Colorado at the Pepsi Center nice I mean this would have been late 90s early 2000s maybe something like that I I don't know off the top of my head but it was so much fun as a fan you can get so immersed in all of what's going on there Um, you're I mean you're getting to take slap shots and stuff like that so it's a ton of fun and I love that three-on-three kind of tournament floor. It's different. It gives a little bit of competitiveness to it because that's pretty much what separates the NHL from the NBA to me is the game itself is such a joke in the NBA. Like, I wish they would even play the game. Just don't even do it. Well, I, I will say, uh, in terms of the actual game, um, here, here I got some, some interesting stat for you here, Jared. Okay. Uh, in terms of the game itself... Um, the all the only game that resembles anything cl- res- close to the normal sport is, is baseball. Um, right. I mean, the hockey they they kind of they recognize. Okay, so here here's interesting, right? Uh, I saw this on five thirty eight. There's a five thirty eight article where they did kind of a statistical analysis on how much greater of a percentage of scoring there is in these games compared to the average game, right? And this was a few years back, so it could change a little bit, but. Um, in the NBA and the NHL, you had in between a 45 to 50% increase in scoring. Okay. Uh, and, and football, too. Sorry. So, all, all of them uh, the NFL, Which makes the sense. NBA, and the. Uh, oh, no. Take this back. I, I'm, I'm losing rewind, my Rewind. Yes, rewind. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> let, me, let me just revoke that. Uh, the NFL and the NBA are a 45 to 50% increase. The NHL was like a 230% increase. Much more. I mean, uh, go look at like a few years ago, there was like 30 games or 30 goals scored in one game. I mean, it's absolutely absurd. So so I think when you're looking at the argument of which game is the least resembling like an actual competitive game... Um, I, I mean, I think hockey may be even worse than so, all of them, but, I, I but mean, they all suck. There is a certain level, like, I enjoy the competitiveness of the guys, but, like, I don't care if it resembles what I'm actually seeing. I want to see a, a, an event, you know, and I want it to be right. fun and enjoyable, and that's where the tournament style makes it a little bit different. Right. I, I do tournament. enjoy with baseball the way you see guys. I mean, and, and they do it in every sport, but baseball you see a little bit more. The way you're rotating the guys through and, and, and kind of everyone gets their chance, I guess it's a little bit of a participation trophy well, there and here's but, the interesting thing in baseball was a negative 10 so there's actually less so there is actually less scoring and it kind of makes sense if it you does. think about it with all the pitchers yeah. right you're getting the best pitchers in the game of baseball coming right after the other after the other whereas in a regular right. baseball game you're kind of going to, from, yeah, from the seventh mm-hmm. inning on you have the best closers the four best closers yeah. and, yeah. and, and, and nick that's a great point you're getting two th- i didn't even think about that but you're getting two three at bats against the same pitcher so you're kind of because yeah. that's part of the game right you're, you're kind of like okay he threw me a bunch of off-speed low is he going right. to do that again this time if he does i'm going to be ready for it you know, all those type of things. So it's interesting that baseball has less scoring. Uh, so there you go. There's another worthless stat and for you. Baseball, Chalk it up. baseball was <laughs> in the direction where it was starting to lose me with their all-star game because it was getting worse and worse. I, I didn't actually personally like the whole adding the element of, of the, you think that's the stupid, playoffs. Nick? 
Mm, you know, I didn't hate it. Uh, I, you know, when we talk about, you know, Marquez make or breaking the, the home field advantage type thing, you know, I, I can get behind that, but there, it did add some spice to it, right? That's the whole thing with baseballs. It's, it, it can be a little boring. It can be a little dry. Spice it up a little bit. But I think they fixed their all-star weekend when they changed the format of the home run derby. And I don't know exactly what it is off the top of my head, but it's, it's a, Two minutes or whatever. It yeah, is now it's a time get. thing, so it doesn't just take forever. Because, what people are just going. Yeah, and going there was and going. always Uncle Joe out there, you know, <laughs> throwing these balls in the dirt, and they're not swinging, not swinging. Eventually, man. Well, like, and hey, have I you do like? Have you ever swung a bat? Like, uh, have any oh. of you guys ever swung a bat? Like, uh, let's just call it like a hundred swings in a row. Have you ever done it's that? Brutal. I've swung twenty. It is. It, <laughs> it starts getting really tiring. It really does. And granted, we're not elite athletes, well, but still, neither are not. these players. Especially <laughs> when you're trying to muscle them out. I mean. Yeah. We're not we're not right. throwing ground ball so, so swings out. So what you out what there. you saw to your point, Jared, on the old format was because uh, if you took a ball, it didn't count as an out. So these players would start getting gassed after a while, and they would just take five, six, seven of them, swing once, then five, six, seven takes and swing again. It is much better with the timed. They have that money ball. They kind of brought in the three point uh, basketball aspect where they have yep. that money ball at the end. It's kind of worth more. So um, you know the one thing they need to get rid of though. In my opinion, is the the celebrity softball game. Uh, oh, should, I like the celebrity. Softball you like game. the celebrity softball game? Give me some Bill Nye running yeah. around first. <laughs> Give me a double from Bill Nye. I love seeing yeah. actors oh, yeah. and how unathletic yeah, they absolutely. are. It is well, but then also on the flip side, because the NBA does the same thing. They do the, the the celebrity game beforehand, and then you find out guys like Nelly. You're like, oh my god, this guy was an athlete, and it turns out he was. He was actually recruited yeah. as an athlete in high school uh, before he went on to a singing and rapping career. But yeah, you're just watching him just throwing down on fools. Oh, and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's a fun experience. Right, fair see. enough. I, I will say the basketball game is more entertaining because you get the far far extremes more in the. In the they basketball. usually get some actors and some rappers and things yeah. like that. You know, you got Justin Bieber and Kevin Hart on the yeah, same right. team. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, hey, before we get off this real quick, because I know we're gonna move on. I just want that just reminded me. Uh, and I'm sure Nick Nick over here, our uh, uh, resident basketball player, he sure. played some uh, excellent high school basketball. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Exactly, and, uh, you know some good rec league stuff like that. No, but um, uh, but I'm sure you notice Nick just being a basketball fan and knowing that sure. knowing the game of basketball. Do you ever guys ever think it's funny when you're watching like a movie or or a television show and you're watching? It's like for me when I'm watching somebody like swing a bat or throw a baseball in like TV or movie, it is so obvious how bad they really are at doing this. It's like, well, they're an actor, I guess. They're not a baseball well, player. I think, I, Do you ever think, get that with basketball, Nick? Do you ever watch a basketball movie and see these guys shooting? Like, I mean, their the form generally looks much better than mine. So, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Fair enough. See, I look at that and I'm wondering like somebody that I'm watching in a movie sewing or doing something. I'm like, uh, is a seamstress just looking at me like, you obviously have never done this before. Right, like, like if you like, had to I act, wouldn't notice. Like but, if you had to, if you, Jared, were asked to be in a movie, which would be a travesty for everybody. Oh, I don't uh, know. I think I <laughs> But if you were, I'm a bad guy. I'm a bad guy for (laughs) sure, though, right? Uh, Yeah, I'm bald, so you don't make the good guy. That's true. Long beard, too. But but if you were asked to be in a movie and you were supposed to play like a seamstress, like you said, right? I am sure that like 99% of people out there, you're going to be able to do some camera tricks, edit out, make it not really focus on your seamstress abilities. But anybody that kind of knows what they're doing is going to look at you and be like, "What the hell is he just doing?" So I don't know. I I thought that was. You're right, though. (laughs) I I, I 100% agree with that. And sometimes it's like 
bad. Like, like really, like the director didn't take one look at that and go, uh, yeah. nope, we're holding up production for a week. Get me an athlete <laughs> that we can pay to come in yeah, here and do show this guy like, what do to do. Or, or just something. like, come on, or spend a week. Tell me, you tell me a guy spends yeah. a week throwing a baseball and he can't look halfway Tight production decent. schedule. They got to keep it going. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, <laughs> we're going to get on, uh, move on from this topic here. We're going to play a fun game, okay? Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna pin Nick and Connor against each other here. And we were talking food earlier, and so we, we wanted to keep that theme running through here. So what this game is, okay, is I'm going to describe somebody to you, and some part of their name has to do with food. Of some oh, sort. Now, are these famous, just like celebrities of any kind? Uh, no, athletes. These athletes. are athletes. Okay, okay. strictly athletes. Here. So we got to get our buttons ready, right? So yes, yeah, so we we're we're good. So right, this let's is me. Get, okay, so Nick. Well, I, I, I'm getting my button ready. Here we go. Ready? Oh, did you unplug? Oh, I got it. Oh, Nick's muting me. See, he's cheating. Yeah, he's uh, cheating yeah I did actually. I, I, I'm going to have to talk with, uh, <laughs> with management here. Uh, how, how is one of my contestants always. also the producer <laughs> that can mute? Uh, uh, this might be some cheating. I'm going to have to watch those hands there. <laughs> okay, so I have, uh, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, six questions. If we need to, we'll go into some overtime trivia, okay? So first one hit the buzzer, gets to give a guess. The other person can, like this. can rebut, okay? Uh, this rece- NFL receiver... Holds 36 records, including receptions. Ooh. That was pretty close. I think I'm gonna go Jerry Rice. Oh, Jerry Rice. That's an easy one. Ding ding ding. So okay, so we get the we get the tra- the, the that's the, worth 20 points to start. There was a lag on my uh, button pressing. It's <laughs> oh, weird. Yeah, okay. weird. Okay. <laughs> well, you should have had it after 36 records. Mm. Okay. <laughs> um, this Los Angeles Angels outfielder has Mike Trout. Mike Trout. Okay. This should be like Jeopardy where he has to finish the question. <laughs> what is Mike Trout? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, oh, technically, no. the way these are worded, you might have to. Mm. I always hated that. Just say <laughs> the damn answer. Nobody cares about your technicality. Okay. This former Major League Baseball outfielder. Daryl wow. Strawberry. No, but good thought. <laughs> I went for it. Good thought. Well, uh, I'll see myself. I will finish the question before I rebut. <laughs> okay. So we'll, we'll pick up their Major League Baseball outfielder known for his speed, great defense, and contact hitting. Played for the Boston Red Sox in 2007, Ooh. the year they beat the Rockies in the World Series. He also played for the Indians, Royals, and was the 2011 AL stolen base leader? Do I still need to give more hints? I've already guessed. Oh, wow. Yeah. So hang on. Oh, God. It's on the tip of my tongue. Ugh. I can give you one, but it like gives it away. The only one that I know. No. I, I don't know it. Okay. I'm going to reopen it to both then. Okay. All right. With the hint. Cereal. It's tough. Tricks. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, give up. We give up. Coco Crisp. Ah, oh, Coco Crisp. Which I don't think is actually the name of the cereal, but what is Coco Crisp? <laughs> good try, good try. Okay, one okay. to one still. We got and one, one, one for Jared on that. Oh, yeah, one. there you All go. Right. There you go. <laughs> this former NBA power forward won the 2016 NBA championship with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He played college basketball at the University of Arizona from 2001 to 2005 and played for six different NBA teams. He's a power forward. 
It's power forward. I'm looking at you, Nick. You're a three, basketball uh, average. Uh, three, he, one. he was basketball a uh, a stretch forward. He was a outside four. Get off your phone, you <laughs> cheater. <laughs> Look at this guy. I've got here. a couple. I'll shoot. I it's don't know name. if I would have gotten this one. The last I'm, one I'm I think get, I would have gotten. I'm going to get. No, no. I'm, I'm wrong, though. I know I'm wrong. Go ahead. I give up. Let's go. Channing Fry. Ah. That was a, that was a little bit of a tough one. I wouldn't have gotten <laughs> I was expecting that like one a out. food. Well, fry. Fry. Oh, uh, fries. Fries. I can't have one fry. Yeah. I have you don't fries. order well, a basket no, you of don't fries. Order a fry. this, this is also something you probably shouldn't eat a whole lot of. Uh, okay. Wow, this, we're doing bad here. This and this is... Yeah, so what are we still? One to one? One to one. one, to one. one. Yikes. Right. Okay. This NBA player was the third overall pick in the 2008 NBA draft out of USC. OJ Mayo. OJ Mayo. Don't eat too much mayo. That stuff <laughs> yeah. is not good for you. <laughs> All right. Soaps takes a 2-1 lead here. Last question. Last oh, question. So oh, you wow, got to get wow. this one, and if you do, we'll go to overtime. Oh, wow. This three-time NBA champion plays point guard for the Golden... <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go with... Uh... I did even hear. Hey, God. Oh, no, I lose. Steph Curry. Steph Curry. You Right after you hit it, I don't think <laughs> no, you heard it because you were pushing you your butt. Oh. Golden is the yeah, word that yeah. came out of my mouth. So for the Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry, if you're what not a fan Curry? of Curry, you should be expand your horizons, people. That's Curry is delicious, okay? All right. That was that was some fun. Okay, so Soaps mm. owned mm. you, mm. Connor. Owned. And there was a lot of trash yeah. talk. I'm going to say that uh, the Jerry Rice Crab one should have been me, but hey, you know, let's... Uh, let's Even uh, if it was you, I think he would have still taken it. <laughs> no, no, that would have been, been too. too. Okay. All right, you see? It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, we got cheating going on. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Just well, renewed. hey, we, we did... Uh, we did do a sound check before the show, and you did not express <laughs> the delay in your button. It's true. Sounds like a personal problem to me. Written inquiries only. <laughs> All right, guys. Before we get out of here, we promised you we were going to start talking some Broncos. Not a whole lot going on with the 2021 Broncos, but recently, Demarius Thomas announced his retirement. And first and foremost, I just have to say, didn't he retire like three years ago? I mean, oh. dude hasn't played in the NFL since... Like 2018. Didn't he get? Wasn't he last on the Patriots? I think is where he ended up. Okay. Uh, like a year or two ago. I think he was like third hmm. string wide receiver on the Patriots. Okay. I just thought like once the NFL quit offering you contracts, <laughs> that just kind of like met like yeah. He was you're with retired. the Jets, I think too, was he not? He, he was. was. So the and Broncos the, the traded Houston. him to the Texans. And he went to the Texans, yeah. Um, or they released him. Maybe I think they, I think they traded him. And then that following offseason, he went to the Jets. And then I think maybe in that same year, the Patriots. Anyways, we love DT. I think uh, yeah. I can say that unanimously, unanimously amongst us here. He has no stats uh, for the Patriots. So he may not have made it out of camp. I, I know he was in camp with them. At I think least he was. Yeah. Yeah. He has no uh, no stats. He has stats after Denver uh, with Houston and the Jets. That's like it. Jerry Rice with the Broncos. One. Yes. <laughs> uh, actually, you heard a story about that when Jerry Rice was with the Broncos. That um, you know, I think it was Shanahan was coaching at the time and went up to him. He's like, "Hey, like you're not gonna make it out of camp. We got some young receivers that we like." And Jerry's like, "Yeah, I know. It's cool. I just want to <laughs> hang, man. I just <laughs> yeah. I just want to keep playing. Yeah, it's cool. Like I get it. I, I know how it is. Got his rings. Yeah. Who, who is this? Jerry, Jerry. Rice." 
but oh. he he played one uh, preseason with the Broncos. Oh, okay. Before, uh, right, just before he retired, I wanted yeah. that jersey. And he just yeah, he just wanted to play. He just wanted to get in and play with the fourth stringers a few times. You know, one more time. Hey, if you knew you could get on the field one more time, I think I'd take the chance to do it too. Um, so, anyways, there's a lot of talk, and I kind of heard some very mixed takes on where Demarius Thomas ranks all-time as a Broncos receiver. Now, his stats suggest he's one of the top one or two. I think pretty pretty definitively uh, Rod Smith's stats are ahead of his, but he also played here longer um, and, and had, had a few more you know attempts at that. So where in your mind, guys, does Demarius Thomas rank all-time as a Broncos wide receiver? In no particular order, got to be top three. Well, World Series. But we champion. are doing particular World Series, order here. Super Bowl champion. Okay, but but particular right, order. Right, if, you, if, here, I, if I'm if I'm required, we are required. All right, Demarius Thomas, Shannon Sharp, Shannon Sharp's tight end. Technically, could be considered a wide receiver. Yeah. I'll give you an asterisk on there because he was so damn good. Because it was unreal. He was so good. Rod yeah. Smith, got to go. Rod Smith and Ed McCaffrey's my actual favorite Bronco, but. Uh, if you want a 10-yard out route, guaranteed to be caught, that's Ed McCaffrey. Uh, but you talk about explosive, all of it. I have DT number one as well on you my do. list. I do have I do have number one on my list. Uh, wow. For me, I'm for, a so, surprised. So for me... Uh, Actually, not by Connor. What am I saying? <laughs> hey, hey, for me, you know my bias when it comes to putting together you these have, lists. You have a recency bias. No, You know what? I need to take... I, uh, I refute that, okay? Uh, here, here's where my bias comes in, okay? Uh, when I'm looking at things like the greatest lists or whatever, I if there's a player that's pretty comparable with another player, I'm going to take the one that I think is a better ball player um, over over the other one, right? I think that's fair. And so it was really close for me with Rod Smith as number two. Um, but I think they're really comparable. You look at their stats, uh, they're one and two in virtually every stat. Receptions, Correct. yards, touchdowns. Um, and you know, and to be quite honest, uh, Demarius Thomas is not that far behind uh, on his stats. He's really not. Um, you know, I have him right here. There's uh, He's eight touchdowns behind. Uh, eight touchdowns. That's really it. And, and you look at all the time, I think it was five more years with the Broncos Rod Smith had. Um, so eight touchdowns. That's really not much, man. Uh, you know, I think there was... Uh, I do have it right here. So in terms of receptions, um, yeah, 849 to 675 um, yards, ele- uh, 11,000 to uh, 9,000. Um, so, so here's where I'll push back on that a little bit. To me, Rod Smith is clear and ahead of everyone else. First all-time in receptions, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns. He owned it. He also did it on a team that was a run-focused team. Okay, that had Shannon Sharp, one of the best receiving tight ends, pulling target, the second leader for, in all time in receptions for the Broncos. Right, so he he had guys, other guys taking the focus away. Well, the yeah, second was, leader in receptions is Demarius. Shannon no, Demarius Sharp is, is the third in receptions, receiving oh, yards. Oh, I'm looking for yes. yards. Yeah. Right, and then and that's where then Shannon Sharp's third. So Shannon like Sharp you said, was ten receptions above Demarius. Hey, so come hey, on, hey, here. hey. Uh, granted, I get your point. Hey, if Demarius didn't drop the ball so much, right? There we go. That's how we do. <laughs> no. And that, by the way, is, is a joke. There that is, is a joke. Yes, he, he did. did get, he did get uh, at the buttery. at the end of his career. He had a few issues, but there's there was some yips. I think that got involved for a season or two there. But but we're not going to go there because I do love Demarius Thomas. But what it does come down to for me, I don't actually even have Demarius Thomas second on my list. He's third. If Shannon Sharp was in this mix, what? which I didn't I put disagree. Shannon Sharp in there, but I think context needs to come into play here. Without Peyton Manning, Demarius Thomas is maybe a top 10 
Broncos receiver. Maybe he's he's in the talk Excuse me. with Demarius some of those. Thomas had a thirteen hundred yard season with Trevor Simeon. Are Great. you kidding me? He had a he had a twelve hundred so yard season what? with with uh Court, uh, Cortland Sutton's okay, had a thousand but, yard but season. Top, Is he an all time? But top ten. You're yes, me there's great receivers oh, in Broncos history. Oh, Jared. You know what about the three amigos? Oh, Jared. I'm going to give you guys yeah, two names Vance that Johnson's I have got in a, my... Vance Johnson pre-passing was all-time. So, okay, but we're going to talk pre-passing. I'm going to give you guys a name. Lionel Taylor. Okay? Yeah, he's played with the Broncos list. 1960 to 1966. We all know how much throwing was going on in that time. He's fourth all-time in receptions for the Broncos fourth in yards and fifth with touchdowns he's the only one that i think would make most people's top five to ten list that didn't play with the hall of fame quarterback you have to bring that context into player yeah yeah so lionel taylor is my third and he's so, second for so me. so for me it goes it goes dt then rod smith and then lionel taylor uh <clears throat> so i say I, I say I, I look at so so when I was say, when I was talking about how I broke the tie kind of between Rod Smith and Demarius in terms of who I think the better football player is. Uh, I mean DT was definitely someone that you had to game plan for in a way that you didn't have to for for Rod Smith. Not in the same way. I mean DT was bigger, stronger, faster. He was a freak of nature in terms of athleticism, right? Um, Whereas Rod Smith was more just steady Eddie the whole time. I mean, he was just he was really steady. He was he was athletic enough. He was good enough for route running. Okay, so give me a guy that can catch a ten yard pass, a curl route every single time over a guy that may be explosive. Right, so you, you want like case. a Wes Welker? I want a Rod you know? Smith. Yeah, but um, well, Rod Smith was what six six one six two. Six, yeah, undrafted I mean, on top. of Yeah, everything. he's a big guy. He's six foot two hundred pounds. Yeah, I mean he's a bigger guy he's than six Wes foot two hundred pounds. Let's put it that way. He, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, you know, and that's why Wes Welker played the slot, obviously. Yeah. But anyway, so to get to Lionel Taylor, right? This was a little bit of a breaking the mold for me when I do these type of lists, right? Because Lionel Taylor, Lionel Taylor, obviously in today's game, might not be the type of player that he was then. But you cannot ignore uh, some of the things he did. So he was the. I just want to, uh, you know, give a little bit of nod to some of some of the the stats here. Uh, the first hundred yard reception season in the history of the game. What was Lionel Taylor? First 100-yard reception. And again, to your point, Jared, that wasn't a time when they weren't throwing the ball near as much as they are now. So um, he had, I believe, five or six seasons. Uh, it was five or six with, with the Broncos. I can't uh, top so, my head. Yeah, 60 to 66, so six seasons. Okay, so uh, he led the AFL five times uh, in receiving. Um he, the reception leader five times. He was a three-time All-Star, and he was a five-time All-AFL team candidate. So uh, when you look at his body of work, right, you can't leave someone like Lionel Taylor off of this list just because maybe he's not as big, strong, and fast as some of the players in today's game, right? Uh, but he really did change that. He, he was one of the pioneers of that position. Um, so yeah, I have, him, I have him three, and it, and it did break my mold a little bit in terms of what I normally look at with these lists. So my full list, one to five here, I have Rod Smith, one, Lionel Taylor, two, Demarius, I do have third. And I think he firmly belongs there. And I think there is a gap after that where there's your top three receivers to me all time for the Broncos. After that, I have Haven Moses. Okay. Oh come on! Oh, I stole him oh, from you too. No, no, he belongs no. He doesn't even. He barely belongs oh. in the top ten. Okay, here's the biggest reason why. <laughs> I felt like he belonged in there is the explosiveness. Okay. Please give please. Over please a me. career with the Broncos, which spanned nine seasons, he had 302 receptions, 5,450 yards, and 44 touchdowns, all of which ranked top 10 all time for the Broncos. But he was the number one in yards per catch 
at 18. 18 yards every time Explosive. this dude caught the ball. That's huge. Okay. That is huge. He is 11th all-time in, in receptions for Rocky. Oh, okay. Okay. Fringe top 10. We're stretching. All right, so you're going to give you're going to give a guy who's who's not even top 10 in 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 receptions. He's barely top 10 in yards. Uh, you're going to give that guy the nod for fourth greatest receiver of all time for he the just Broncos. Did. Explosive. Oh, explosive. Get out of here. Most explosive receiver in Broncos history. Okay, give history. it to uh, number five oh, for me, oh. which is I was surprised I, I came to this conclusion too. But it's Ed McCaffrey because when you look at his body of work with the Broncos. This guy was a rock. You want to talk steady, Eddie? Toughness. Toughness. I mean, the the stats are there, though. He's top five in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns. Touchdowns. Um, Fourth in touchdowns. He was a two-time Super Bowl champion. I mean, this is a guy that was so crucial. I believe he is what a big part of what made Rod Smith, Rod Smith, what allowed a guy like Shannon Sharp to thrive because teams could never double those guys. Well, and the difference obviously too is, is just the game is so different now. So no, no discredit to DT, but you, you can't, you can't really play D anymore. You know what I mean? Right. You can't hit people. These guys were taking shots, and, and we've got to keep that into account, too. I mean, it's just a different game. Demarius Thomas is allowed to just absolutely maul people, not just DT, but any wide receiver. And, you know, they took full advantage of it, won a Super Bowl, which is great, but uh, you, you can't – it's just a different game. Now, now uh, so I find it interesting. We all, we all put Ed McCaffrey on there, and, and that's yep. good. It's cool. I mean, he's a fan favorite. We're kind of in that perfect age Big group to where we Never really yeah. appreciated what Also, what I just did. have to say this because I feel like it needs to be said. Brian Greasy ruined that man's career. And Terrell Davis, too. It's tough. <laughs> Now, hey, to Rod Smith's credit, he put up uh, a third. He put up his sixteen hundred yard season. His number, his best receiving season by yardage was with Brian Greasy. Hey, Ed McCaffrey on that play that he broke <laughs> his leg. Interesting. Still uh, made the catch. Broke his leg going up. Of course, and he still caught it. Oh, of course, one of the toughest guys. So, so, so I think it's interesting. We all put Ed on there. Now, my number five on my list. So I think I've gone through the top four. Right. Um, my number five, I would argue, is the most explosive receiver in Denver Broncos history, and way more explosive than than Haven Moses. Do you want you have any guesses? Are you going to say Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders? No. Oh god. I I was going to just No, although he's a, I was going to shut this show down. <laughs> you know, he is a uh, honorable mention. I'll give I'll give Emmanuel top an 10, honorable mention. Maybe. He didn't yeah. play long enough with the Broncos for No, me. but 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 I think he's top 10. I put him in top he 10. He was I loved, uh, I loved watching Emmanuel Sanders play for the Broncos. You what? I loved watching him play. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. He was uh, fun. He was so, fun on that team. So, he fit so well. So my fast. number five is Rick Upchurch. Okay. And, uh, and and I'll tell you why I think so. Um, I think he is, he is one of the most explosive players. He was a... Uh, a special teams extraordinaire. I actually spent like 20 minutes of my afternoon today just watching some Rick Upchurch highlights, uh, especially some of his returning highlights. And this man just moved at a different speed than everybody else around him. It was absolutely incredible. Uh, he had uh, uh, a little bit over 10,000 all-purpose yards um, in terms of his returning and his receiving, right? Which if you you know, count that as all-purpose yards. That is number three for Broncos all-time, behind only Rod Smith. You know what, Connor? We aren't talking the best all-purpose player of all time. We said the best receiver, and Which this is man why my- <laughs> falls out of the top ten he is a, in he, every statistical category. He is category. a wide receiver. Well, no, um, see, we can, if we say pass catcher, hey, just sh- that means my Shannon Sharp. Right, so let, let you just, just shame me for my guy being outside the top five. <laughs> yeah. and, and Rick Upchurch yeah, doesn't weak. fall in the Haven top Moses ten. Moses is so weak. He doesn't fall in the top 
10 yes, but, in but, any of these but, Okay, but to your point, once we start getting to like the fifth, right, you got to kind of start like stretching to, there's a big group of guys, right? There's a big group of maybe 10 guys that you could all make the argument is in the fifth, right? I mean, legitimately, you could make You're the right. argument. Because I really wanted to get one of the three amigos in there and I just didn't right, feel right. like they, yeah. I didn't feel like it fit. Right, it would have no, been forcing them in. No, so, so. There, I think there's an argument to be made that maybe five, six guys could be that fifth, fourth, fifth position. And, and that's why you gawk um, at me saying, I don't know that DT's top 10 without uh, Peyton Manning. And that's why I say well, that. But because he did have you, have Manning, that group, so, so you have that group of five or six next, guys you know. that could be there that if he's not one of those elite receivers that have played for the Broncos, if he's just another guy. I mean, Eric Decker was a really good receiver. If, if, and now he's only there for four years. That's what does that say? If 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 it's a butts were candy and nuts, yeah. I don't know. But hey, he we'd did all be a me. lot less happy there you right go. now. <laughs> uh, let, me, let me just real quick. Let me just real quick uh, run through a couple uh, Rick Upchurch for you. Okay. okay? We actually uh, have we actually have time today. We're not we're not like an hour and a half into this yet. <laughs> right, we're not we're not. I haven't brought us off the rails completely yet. That's what that means. You know what it was? Um, it was Tyler. Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah, must yeah. be it. Yeah. Uh, so okay, Rick Upchurch, four time Pro Bowler, uh, five time All Pro for the Broncos. Um, he. Was part so the NFL does all decades teams. Um, if you got, you, I'm sure you guys know about yes, that. They yes, do the all yes, decades teams. Yep. Uh, interestingly enough, he was on the NFL's 1970s all decades team and the NFL's all decades team 1980s. I have to feel like that's rare company to. That's got to be yeah. I, I can't imagine too many players. And, and granted, part of it is just your career has to span over two decades because no one's gonna play twenty years on top of their game, really. Uh, uh, Tom Brady is okay. gonna be a part <laughs> of right, like three right, different right. decade teams. Uh, any, anyway, uh, so, Frank Gore too, huh? So you look at this guy. <laughs> you look at this guy who was kind of a um, you know the original you know slash weapon almost you know for for the NFL in, in a time when it really wasn't kind of a. A thing really um he put up together you know he has 25 touchdowns uh for the broncos in terms of receiving touchdowns uh so he's you know he was an effective receiver he was very explosive uh to your credit uh, to your point jared of of explosiveness he had i would love to see if someone could just maybe why yeah so he was uh 16.4 yards per reception per reception so he was a very explosive player he set an nfl record with uh four punt returns uh in a season he you know, is is absolutely incredible on on the special team side of things. So, just kind of for his all purpose, I, I did find it interesting that that he was third all time in the Broncos all all purpose yards. Like in terms of just yardage for the Denver Broncos, Rick Upchurch is third all time, other than passing yards, of course. Well, but. and I, I gave you crap about it, but I am glad you included him in your list because I, I like to have some light brought to him there because you you mentioned he he was a slash player at a time when that didn't exist, and so right. I, I I do think that's important important to bring light to guys that change the dynamic of the game. I think we're seeing that with like the Chiefs offense right now and some other players. I mean, we obviously saw the Patriots over the last 20 years. So when you see that, when you get a chance to be a part of that, and, that, and he's one of your guys in, in your locker room, that's it's a cool thing. And I think it's important to bring light to that because he's kind of forgotten guy along that. I think it took him a while to get into that Broncos ring of fame. So, um, hey, can we, can, by the way, can I ask the open-ended question here? Why isn't Ed McCaffrey in the Broncos Ring of Fame? What? What, what is it going to take to Are get this? Are you sure about that? I am that? sure about this. Because John Lynch is in the yeah. Broncos Ring yeah. of Fame. And you know what? I'm not going to hate on that. But, I mean, John Lynch 
played the twilight years of his career with the Broncos. That, that dude was a buck. He was a buck. Yeah, I mean, Ed McCaffrey, you look at him, he's a fan favorite. He is, like you said, top five in every receiving category. What will it take to get this man in the ring of fame? I don't understand it. And, I, and I it's do not, not get it. like he played the majority of his career somewhere else. No. Most of his career he was with the Broncos. He did a couple he years, did. I think, for the Chargers, yeah, maybe. No, the, no, it was the Giants oh, who the drafted Giants. him, and then he, he played with the 49ers and yep. won a Super Bowl with them. He also yeah, won he with, the, with the Giants. He played with Phil Simms, Did he really? Too. Yeah. Dude's got himself some rings. Yeah, huh? I think he has three rings. Yeah, I believe. So I think he won one with the Giants, and he won one with the. Uh, oh. I don't think he. So won I may one have been mis- mistaken. Yeah, I think he. I, I, and okay. I could be wrong too, but I'm. I'm fairly yeah. confident that he, he won one with the Giants. Yeah. So he. Has I know three he rings. had a Super Bowl before but, uh, he came to the Broncos. Yeah. So let's let's get this man into the Ring of Fame. I don't get it. It, it makes no sense. Um, to me. they seem um, to be making an effort to do that year by year to kind of find some of those guys. Kind that of are funnel missing, some of these so. guys. Yeah, I'm sure he'll get in. I wouldn't be surprised. But it is shocking. I found out that he wasn't in it, and I was like, that is. Just some that wild is shocking, stuff actually. Right uh, you know, and, and obviously, in, in preparation for our top five list, I was kind of looking up what some other people thought. Um, you know, different, just different publications, what people thought top five. What was interesting was a lot of them did not even include Eddie Mac in their top five, six, seven, eight. I didn't think I would. I, I really didn't until you start to look at those stats and you're like, man, he was pretty oh, yeah. dominant as a Bronco year after year. He was so consistent. I think he belongs. And I think to leave him off of that is, is foolish. I, I don't think that you could really even argue that. And you know what? I could even argue as I'm talking here that he could have been four ahead of Moses. But again, I like the context of a guy not playing with a hall of fame quarterback. Haven oh, Moses yeah. last year with the Broncos, 1981, John always starts playing with the Broncos, 1982, I believe. So it, you basically you you were there with the scrubs, man. You know, <laughs> so so he kind of caught that uh, in between time there. So a little bit of a fun for you guys while we're still in the off season here with the Broncos. Uh, that's going to do it for us today. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. We are at Red Rock Sports One, and we record every Tuesday, so you guys can find shows here every Wednesday. Thank you for stopping by for Connor Holskamp. Thanks, Nick Sopers, hey, for joining us. Thank you. Everybody Happy be to good. be here. Yeah. yeah. You know, I won't be here next week, so you guys all have to carry the show without what? me. What? Everybody I gets know. a vacation. No, I know. I know. Hey, maybe I'll call in if you guys are that. lucky. So Okay, we'll see if we can't <laughs> drag somebody else on here to join Nick and I next week. Uh, until then, guys, y'all be good to each other out there. <laughs>